0: Welcome to Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. I'm your host, Tessianos, and today is day 19 of 31 Days of Horror. To follow along on this autumn affair, be sure to follow OCD on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Patreon. We've got lots of spooky stuff going on over there, and I don't want you to miss it. We are 12 days away from Halloween and 10 days away from OCD's second ever giveaway. On Thursday, October 29th, we will be giving away a very witchy package that includes a Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Volume 1 comic, a Sabrina and Salem Funko from the Netflix series, and OCD stickers. To enter is quite simple, just head on over to your social media of preference, follow ongoing comic book discussion podcasts, and share your favorite OCD horror post thus far. Tag OCD in your post along with the hashtag 31 Comics, and you will be entered into the raffle. That's one entry per person, and it's gonna be a devilishly good time. Now to introduce today's co-host. This gal is a long time friend of mine. We go all the way back to roller derby days with Angel City Derby Girls. Now, I knew she was an incredible derby player, but I didn't know she was such a comic book enthusiast. I am so happy to have her here. Please give a big zombie clap to Angela. What's up, girl?
1: Heyo, thanks for having me. First time guest, long time listener. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's true. You've been yes, you've been listening since the very beginning, the very first episode. <laughs> well, if you if you put
1: the word comic into anything, I I'm there. <laughs> so you got my attention it. immediately. It was like the first uh, first two whistles
0: of the the bout. I was ready to begin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ready and. <Anne. You, laughs> I didn't know that. Okay, so yeah, I've known you since we played roller derby way back when. But like, I didn't know that you loved comic books so much. It's, it's,
1: um... Yeah, it's a pretty bad, costly obsession of mine, much like roller derby was, right? Um, But I've come out with fewer injuries. I mean, a paper cut here and there, but nothing that required surgery,
0: which was, you know, my life before. Um, Yeah. You make a good point. Yeah, you can't really get hurt too bad with comics, so maybe comics are better than derby. And here you are. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Here so, this
0: is a Halloween episode. I have to know, what does Halloween mean to you? Ooh, good question. Um, So much,
1: actually. Uh, Ooh! <laughs> yes! Tell me! Yes! <laughs> I mean, Halloween is a time where you get to indulge in the macabre, kind of look at yeah. some of the ta- taboo stuff that you normally wouldn't uh, tiptoe into right Mm -hmm. Um, it's a time where you get to be who you want um, pretend unlock that creativity
0: Um, Mm -hmm.
1: I think it's also like a really good time to kind of process challenging emotions like fear right
0: sure but
1: in a completely safe way so if you come from I don't know, a place of privilege and you're not really thinking about things that worry you, fear you, or scare you a lot, then this is your moment to go into that. If if you're coming from a place of, you know, hardship, then Mm -hmm. again, it's a safe time to kind of process some of those things that really are getting to you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's a good way to say it. I mean, a lot of people go to, you know, trick-or-treating costumes and stuff, but that's a really good point. Fear and all of these fear-based stories really brings out, like, what actually scares us and digging deeper into that Mm -hmm. and, you know, hopefully crushing those fears and realizing that life is awesome in some ways if you can. And sometimes it's a a higher hill than others. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: or even, like, kind of... um... Um, just yeah it's a time where you can kind of unlock things too right so sure. like, as a queer person like myself I definitely used uh, Halloween and pretend to um, venture into thoughts and things or present myself in certain ways yeah. um, before I even really knew that I was queer right and like kind of along the same lines of processing stuff um, mm-hmm. I uh, I used Specifically, zombie movies. Interestingly, really, not, to, okay. <laughs> to really get through a lot of my fears re, uh, uh, involving death and dying, and being a caregiver mm-hmm. to my grandma, um,
0: wow.
1: I would I would watch those zombie movies, and it would allow me to think and feel, but without going, you know, with, straight into. I don't know the the, the the scarier stuff. Like it's a safe way to mm-hmm. kind of feel and process and think. Yeah. yeah. So, so zombie movies definitely got me
0: through some challenging times. <laughs> I've never heard that one and I love that it worked for you. Oh, That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, so you've got us reading a really awesome comic. I'll just say at the top, I really enjoyed this and I'm so glad that you picked it. I would have never come across it. I mean, I just I wouldn't have had my eye out for it, but I'm so glad that you did. And, um, it deals with a lot of, yes, there it is. And can I just say that nobody can see your background, but I sure can. And I'm really appreciating it. You literally have the issues on a little shelf on your wall, just right behind you. That's your back drop. (laughs) I have
1: a collection of floppies behind me. What's interesting is that I picked up the trade first, but Uh I love it so much that I was like, oh no, I need I need the collection, and specifically, I really went for variants.
0: <laughs> yeah, good. Well, oh my gosh, there's so much good art in here, too. I mean, how could you not?
1: Uh, my mic just dropped I f- I, apparently I felt I felt even more passionate than I thought I was over I was done I felt it all
0: <laughs> I wondered why you went really low I was like okay she must have backed up and
1: okay. fade out there's less of a mic drop and a slow uh, slow descent
0: <laughs> I love that I love that um, so okay so you've got us with this comic, and why did you choose this one? Um,
1: i really wanted to kind of use this time to highlight some afrofuturism or in this case um uh ethno goth uh, highlight some really excellent black creators um i'm i'm just feeling this book so
0: why not share it with the world because we know the world's listening (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The whole whole world is listening. Um, So this came out in 2019. So you've been a fan since it came out then, right? I was late um, on this shamefully.
1: I heard it talked about um, and I kept thinking I need to get to it. I need to get to it. And I don't know why. Um, My mistake. (laughs) But (laughs) i have clearly made up for it. And now I just have a whole wall lined with Mm with my obsession, so.
0: Yeah, and you'll, I mean, you'll definitely come on OCD again if you'd like to, but I'm so glad this is your first one. This this is a great comic to start out with. Oh, um, good, I was I nervous. It. I was like, well, she... Be like, what is this? I don't know. Or no. <laughs> it was great. I was just telling my husband about it. I was like, uh, we need to go pick this up because I rented this on Hoopla. Which can I just say, thank you, the Hoopla app. It's not sponsored. Has changed my <laughs> life, um, especially when it comes to this comic series, uh, comic podcast. Because I thought I was going to have to buy every single comic, but I don't. You just rent them, and it's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) That was your suggestion. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Hoopla, for for listeners out there, if you have a library card and your library participates um, in this, then you can get a little app and then be able to access all types of good stuff, whether it's Marvel, DC, um, Image Comics, which Bitterroot is an image comic, I think, all of their their image stuff is on there boom studios is there you name it it's it's great and it's it's free because you're checking it out through the library
0: yeah there are so many comics on there it's insane i like every week i there's hardly a week where i have to go to comiXology or have to go Mm -hmm. actually buy it it's usually on hoopla so yeah thank you friend i appreciate that no problem (laughs) no
1: problem but if
0: you can, um, do support your local comic shop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a weekly pool. So Okay, good. Um, Ooh, what's your weekly pool? Can you tell us that before we jump into this comic? Oh, my gosh.
1: Right now, which yes. we are not recording in October, so mm-hmm. some of these you might be like, what's going on? Um, I have Safe Sex, which I think is through Image. Um, It's about sex workers and kind of like this – um post-apocalyptic situation um Ooh. Captain Marvel uh nice. Greg Pox Darth Vader Dr. Afra. um yes. by the time this podcast comes out I'll probably have a lot of Shang-Chi under my belt I'm anticipating that one coming out um and then I have there's a book called Displacement, which is just about to come out. It's a graphic novel. And it's actually where this girl gets um taken back in time to see her grandmother who's in the uh Japanese American internment camps. Wow. So that one won't be um, you know, issue by issue. It'll be collected in a graphic novel. Okay. But I have that on my pool waiting for it to come out. Yeah. Ooh. Nice. I like a lot nice. of the um, historical stuff where I can learn okay. something. Um, but then also, you know, Captain Marvel and Spider yes. Woman. And- <laughs> yeah.
0: I love it. Well, speaking of history, uh, Bitterroot Volume One Family Business, which is the one that we're reviewing today, has a lot. Of history in it, including racism, most of all. Yeah, such a huge metaphor for racism. Do you want to explain that? How it how it's part of the story? Oh my gosh, no
1: pressure. Explain explain uh, racism through the speculative fiction. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> sure.
0: How much time you got? Right. Exactly. I know. Right. Maybe that's an unfair question. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> that's
1: no. A lot. It's it's very it's a very fair question, right? We're... we're Oftentimes, in genre and horror, specifically, you have these monsters, but it's never just mm-hmm. a monster it's it's something else right there's mm-hmm. there's something behind it um and in this case, we have. Uh, we're, we're taken to um, the Harlem Renaissance, so 1924, I think, is where the scene is set, and you meet the Sangare family. They are monster hunters, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the monsters that they're coming across are they're, they're called Jinu and that uh, they are people who are infected with. With hate and prejudice, and want to oppress. So mm-hmm. the comic um, uses a lot of body horror, and mm-hmm. I wish that you guys were all looking at the pages right now because it yeah. the, the art is incredible. Anyway, okay. so yeah, <laughs> that the monsters that they come across, you know, they they were regular looking people, and then 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 they're not because they were taken over by you know, this hate. So this family wants to deal with that. Yeah. yeah,
0: I I love it. They deal with police brutality. They deal with the Ku Klux Klan, mm-hmm. like all of it. They they have no fear diving into this. Um, so the, uh, the writers, I always want to say authors, the writers from this book are uh, Chuck Brown and David Walker, and the illustrated is Sanford Green. Do you know anything about these guys?
1: Yeah, so David F. Walker, um He's a comic book writer, so he has a lot of titles under his belt. He's also a mm-hmm. professor who teaches about um, comics. Um, latest stuff, definitely Bitterroot. You can also find him on um, DC's Naomi, which came out in the last year. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he co-wrote that one, actually. Um, he also did Marvel's Power Man and Iron Fist. He did Shaft. Wow. He did Luke Cage. Um, He's definitely been around. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, Chuck Brown, uh, you'll see him in some Punisher, some Black Panther. Uh, He does some creator-owned stuff. Uh, I'm blanking on what it was. Something Apple. I don't know. Um, And then (laughs) cut that out. (laughs) i only want to be informed um stanford green uh he that's the the artist but he was one of the the main creators of this particular comic um he actually worked with david f walker on um on the power man and iron fist so they had worked together previously chuck got this idea of harlem renaissance monster fighters told stanford uh S- sanford was like hey david um join us and so they are the ones that um, initially got everything up and rolling
0: that's awesome yeah. and as you're saying before sanford green he just knocks it out of the park with this art holy moly it's like a hundred things happening at once, but but he doesn't leave you out, kind of a thing. Yeah, you
1: know? yeah. Um, lots of action in this. Again, like that body horror. If you really want to jump into the Halloween and and the gore and spooky plus action, um, then this art is for you. The colorist also um, Rico Renzi is amazing Um, you have like these psychedelic colors and these clashes and when you see the fight scenes it's a lot of like reds and orange and you feel the heat coming off right and then um you go to a different page or a different scene and you're outside and it's woodsy and you feel those cool colors you have like the blues and in these purples and you can you can you can feel the cold air and the spookiness. Um, so, yeah, I found it really interesting, just like the color contrasts and how um, just the pop is pretty cool.
0: Oh, yeah, so cool. And just their use of the panels and when like you're saying, when all hell is breaking loose, it's like the panels are kind of crooked and then mm-hmm. they're crooked on top of the other, but you but they leave you like it, and, and throughout this whole thing, there's three stories happening all at once. Um and but like they don't leave you out because the the colors and the art is so varyingly different. You know what storyline you are on whenever you are in those moments. Mm -hmm. So they do a beautiful job staring storytelling that way. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's interesting because there are so many um scenes. Right, like you Mm -hmm. you start in Harlem, nineteen twenty four, but there's there's a lot of historical truths within mm-hmm. this book and so you're kind of looking at um, the black migration right and so you'll see uh, some of the family members who didn't migrate up to New York and mm-hmm. and they stayed in the south and what that racism looks like um, wow. and and you'll see you know use use of different colors um the further you go in the series if you go beyond this book too it it Mm -hmm. you're you're going to be going into other states and situations so there's a lot of a lot of history here I think like even in this book there's references to you got the Holland Renaissance then you you Mm -hmm. have they reference um the red summer of 1919 Mm -hmm. they reference uh the tulsa riots and what happened to black wall street so Mm -hmm. you're really going into history and especially um stuff that has been left out of the books that we were reading, most of us were reading as kids, you know, and mm. if you're not black, then perhaps all of this stuff is news to you. <laughs> um, sure. So uh, I, I like this book for that aspect too, just all the historical stuff that, that you're taking in as you're also demon hunting. Um, you have family drama, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> like you, you have it all. <laughs> you do. Yeah, There's. I read this and I was like, I need I think I need to read this again cuz like you could re- truly read it a second time and be like oh I didn't catch that like it's there's just so many things happening but like in a brilliant way and history and the way they unfold it here like I definitely had to look up the red summer of 1919 because I didn't even know I didn't even know that happened mm-hmm. to be honest yeah and they and they refer to it a lot and I was like oh well I mean it makes us as readers look it up and and learn it I mean if you think that comic books are for kids like just read Bitter Root man you, you'll learn so much even as an uh, an adult
1: yeah I mean, <laughs> I mean one of the cool things with this book too is the back matter of the book is sure epic um Mm -hmm. you know after um each issue if you have the the floppy you can go and you're you can read scholarly essays um and go even deeper into things like one of the first ones was about conjuring and uh you know the african spirituality and religious practices that were in the diaspora and how that's used in bitter root like we haven't mm-hmm. even talked about the characters yet, but yeah. Mama Etta, oh my gosh, what a powerhouse of an old lady, right? And she uses yeah. these roots. She uses Conjure in order to make curative s- serums for the people that, uh, that are infected with racism, for the Jinnu the monsters, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, so... The back matter, amazing! You have all these mm-hmm. scholarly essays that yes. that you can write, uh, read to to uh, learn even more. And like you said, you could you could read this book over and over and over. And the layers are just, mm-hmm. uh, it's really inspiring. You know, like yes, st- come in for the horror, but stay for everything else yes yes or 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 vice versa you know um yeah
0: yeah yeah so absolutely well you talked about the family let's dive into this family this family is so interesting and um how did you pronounce it i wasn't quite sure how to pronounce it it's s-a-n-g-e-r-y-e i'm gonna go with sangare sangare let's do it sangare yeah the sangare 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 family family. yes Mm Mm-hmm. So we've got uh, first we meet Ma Etta, who is this uh, older, shorter lady. And as Angela described her, she makes these roots and um, or she kind of puts these roots together. If you just kind of imagine like kind of a a, a witchy, you know, she's a a motor and
1: pestle.
0: She's grinding. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Different roots. And Blink is her. Is that her granddaughter? That's her granddaughter. Yep. Perfect. And Blink is amazing. Um, she's just like this powerhouse and she wants to not be in the kitchen. She wants to be out fighting these genu, which are like, can you describe what these genu are? Cause they are basically a, a huge character of this book.
1: Yeah. So uh, they are white folks who, to uh, transform into grotesque monsters um, mm-hmm. Because of their their racist beliefs, um, they are are large and they have you know gnarly teeth and they're of various yeah. colors of of greens and reds and purples and they have you know fiery eyes. Each one looks a little a little different, but they uh, you you wouldn't want to see them in a dark alley, that's for sure. Right, <laughs> like, they're scary. They're imposing. <laughs> uh they're gonna tear you apart
0: yes yes absolutely and we meet the first genu when uh Cole, Cullen, Cullen? who is also a grandson of ma edda and then berg who is also a grandson of ma edda and they're cousins mm-hmm. and uh colin is fighting these genu while his cousin berg who is he's a doctor correct uh i don't believe that he's a doctor yeah. Okay, I thought he had like a, a upper title of some sort, but there's a doctor in here. Maybe I'm confusing the two, But Berg does he uses really big words and sentences to explain what he's saying instead of being like, you need to figure it out on your own kid. He'll just he'll use these big elaborate words in like two sentences and I just I loved it I love that he was like I'm this is me I'm using big words and you're just gonna have to translate
1: yeah yeah my SAT score would have been so much better had I read this in my youth
0: yeah yeah. truly
1: um he yeah he's very brainy his vocab is verbose um I don't you 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 can tell what he's saying but you might not know all of the words he's using unless um i don't know you've read the dictionary front to back but <laughs> he he's the muscle you know he, yeah. he's the, he um he has the the brains and the bronze right so you you open up to this scene and colin is like this skinny little kid who's trying to take out this Jinnu. meanwhile berg is sitting back You know, probably drinking drinking some chai with his pinky up, (laughs) critiquing and and watching and kind of heckling, Mm -hmm. Um, being like, "Well, we you know we gotta we gotta train you." The Cullen is uh, he's he's a newbie at this, but it's the family the family line is that men go out there and they handle these genu and they capture them and they bring them in and kind of Mm -hmm. protect the neighborhood, right? And Mm -hmm. then the women um, are the ones that administer the serum that's created from the roots. So the the conjure women have their role, and the the men have theirs. Uh, And you see that there's definitely a lot of family conflict here. Because when you look at Blink, the granddaughter, um, her skill set, honestly, is fighting. And that's where she wants to be. And uh, she butts heads immediately with Mama Ada, who's like, No, you know, we need to teach you how to make this serum. You belong in the kitchen. And, yeah. and um, Colin doesn't want to fight. He doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. want to do the roots either, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, you instantly have that, that tension in the house yes mm-hmm.
0: yes and then blink just takes over she's like you know what i i hear too much going on on the roof she goes up there and just kicks this genu's ass yeah she's like okay can we move on
1: yeah it was <laughs> it was handled
0: <laughs> yes and she even says there she's like this is my passion i want to fight these creatures like yeah. this is where i want to be yeah 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 i thought that was so cool for her it's cool for her
1: but i also feel for mama etta like sh- Sure. She's she's coming from this place of like this is our culture. Um right. this is some this is, the the work we do is an honor and mm-hmm. I want to teach you about our traditions and mm-hmm. um and like it's not it's it it is helpful and it is um it's it's curative, but it's not completely passive, you know. Sure. And so I feel for her because it's kind of also a little bit of a rejection of where Mama Edda is coming from, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's also this. Um, there is an element of worry too because Blink's mom was um, was killed in the summer of 1919, and uh, so Mama Etta doesn't want to lose any more family members. Um, she uh, Blink lost her mother, and Colin lost his father.
0: Yeah, and and that comes up later, which I was so glad that it did. I was like, "Whew, okay." Also, you got some explaining to do, Lucy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, right. It's, uh, and then, so like on top of all this, this family, they're basically the main family. They're the family on the front cover, you know, they're the family that we follow, they're the family we want to follow because they know how to take care of this genu people, these, these crazy demon dudes, um, and chicks, let's be honest. Uh, but then we're also introduced to, and I love this, how they did the, the segue over to this other family or just, you know, these people. It's on San Juan Hill, which is west of Harlem, and there's this bird that hears what's going on with the the Sangaree family, and then it flies over to, like, this other lab. And you just see a man and a woman working in a lab, and you know what their intentions are for life, because they basically... They, they not basically they they crack the neck of the the bird and all of a sudden this his name is Doctor Sylvester and Miss Nightsdale and Doctor Sylvester uh cracks the bird essentially this poor freaking bird and he's like what did you see and he has this like psychic moment and his eyes glow and it's like this beautiful page of artwork where we're just like whoa what is happening to this guy and all of a sudden we realize that he's seen what happened with that other family that the bird saw and he's like they're pathetic. You know, they're they're fighting each other, don't they now, you know, these kind of things. And we really get to to meet these two and they're they're an interesting uh interesting pair.
1: <laughs> they are an interesting uh, interesting pair. Um <laughs> I'm pausing cuz I'm like, can I can I tell the spoiler in this book and how they came to meet one another? Oh, if it's past volume,
0: is it past it's, volume? It's in one? this
1: volume, so it's not too far oh. ahead.
0: Okay, no, go ahead. You know what, Volume 1, I'm cool with it. I mean, the whole point is to get people involved and to, to read Volume 2, if anything. <laughs>
1: oh, my gosh, you should definitely
0: read yes. Volume 2. Yes. Let me, yeah, because
1: there's, um, I don't. I, th- I believe that it's in this volume because there's reference to um, Tulsa Massacre, right?
0: Oh, yes, yes, they did bring that up in here, yeah.
1: Okay, let me flip to make sure that I'm not spoiling anything. Yeah, I don't want to go too far into any spoilers, um, okay. but I do no problem. do want to highlight that they have a really interesting relationship, right? And okay. so there's this um, kind of tender moment in volume one where she says, "Do you remember when we were when we found each other in the rubble oh, of Tulsa?" That's right, right? That's right. So then you yes. have this foreshadow mm-hmm. that. Something happened, that they were brought into each other's lives, rubble of Tulsa. So then what does that make you think of automatically? You got, you know, the Tulsa riots. Um, And that is the beginning of their kind of uh, relationship, partnership. Um, One of the awesome things about this story is that you get these little hints and these clues. uh, And they do pay service to them so if you go which Mm -hmm. let's be honest you're all gonna go beyond this book yes Um, do it but yeah you'll you'll get more information you'll get more answers um they're exploring all all different time times events um Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so yeah Cool. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, it's, yeah. Like we said before, this is just, there's so many things happening at once. And just, you know, even if you don't pick up on that, the Tulsa riots, which is super important, but it's, but it's also not super important. Like it doesn't, it doesn't keep you from the story. Oh, as no, well, no, yeah. no,
1: no. Um. Right. It's just, Um. you have these, you have these hints. And, and if you didn't get it in that moment, then that's okay. Maybe mm-hmm. your second reading, your third reading, you'll see hints. But you Mm -hmm. go even further into the story and you're like, oh, which makes it really fun (laughs) to like go back in time. Um, Right after this particular uh, um, collection, they do Mm -hmm. a one shot. uh, Yes. And you must if you if you read this book, you (sighs) have to you have to read the one shot after that because it is just. (sighs) incredible what is it about oh i don't want to go too far into it okay okay but there's um there's multiple snapshots of characters and places and times and it's just wow it's 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 one of my favorite one shots of just like any series or maybe it's just i'm just like so hyped on this book um but also you need to read the one shot.
0: You have to. Yeah, I'm gonna. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to see if it's on Hoopla or go go support it. Go to the comic book shop and grab it. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Um, so to continue after this, the um, so Berg and Cullen, which we met before, and. And like I said, there's so many stories happening at once, and I'm going to keep saying that. So if you get a little bit lost, it's because one story happen, one storyline happens, and then another one comes in, and then they continue the other. But they all blend together beautifully if you're reading it along. Um, so Berg and Colin, they come out from the woods with these people that they shot up with the serum. So do you remember the—obviously, the? the not, yeah, obviously you remember. Listeners, do you remember when— um, when Cullen was fighting and Blink took over and took over the genu, um, well, they shot up the genu with this serum, and it's the the root serum that Mama Etta and Blink were are essentially conjuring. Um, and uh, it works, and they turn back into humans, and they're known as purified humans. And we started to slowly, you know, learn what these genu are about. And Berg and Cullen, they come out of the woods, and they've got... So there are these—and I'm—for the imagery, and forgive me, um, so there are are these big black guys that come out of the woods with white people around their necks in 1924. So in 1924, this does not look good, and the officers don't really care to—you know, they just—they see what they see. They got the eyes of the people during that time, unfortunately— um, I would say it would still happen now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? If you, 100% if you right. saw Unfortunately. yeah, two black
1: men yeah. coming out of the woods at night and carrying you yeah. know a white lady and a shirtless white guy. there would be there'd be some trouble.
0: No question. They wouldn't even ask questions. And they don't even ask questions here. They just start shooting. And then we get an introduction to Berg, who is the guy that uses big words. He has this staff that he uses, to, and he kind of, like, he spins the staff around, and it deflects all the bullets really quick. So it's pretty amazing. You're like, whoa, what else can this guy do? And then he's like, look, officers, don't, don't do it again. Don't shoot, because there's a genu behind them. And then the genu attacks them and hurts the police officers so it's like these little glimpses of what's happening it's like you know and it's it's awesome i I love how this story is unfolding it's really showing like the truth of of america during that time Uh, unfortunately but yeah Mm
1: -hmm. yeah there's there's a lot of truth happening um and thus thus makes a very action-packed story Mm -hmm. yes
0: to say the least absolutely Absolutely. Um, and then later on, or shortly after, we meet the Ku Klux Klan. They're in the woods, and there's this black kid that is there. And uh, and he is obviously in big trouble for no reason at all. Um, they're going to hang him. Uh, and then this guy comes out of the woods, and we meet him. We're like, thank God this guy's going to save the day. His name is Ford sangare which is part of that family and he shoots all of these these white kkk people they go on the ground um and they all turn into these weird demon things that we've been talking about and this is when you start to really see the metaphor of of the racist people who are turned into these demons essentially
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so that scene happens in mississippi so we have Mm -hmm. for that um that's that's Ford, who's down in Mississippi, um, mm-hmm. kind of estranged from the family who decided to migrate north. And mm-hmm. you'll see um, a big difference between the fight scenes. So uh, the, the Sangre family who are up north, they will fight the Jinnu, but it's more to um, protect and subdue in order mm-hmm. to treat the racism um Mm -hmm. ford he's coming from a different place he's more like i'm gonna stop this disease by any means necessary Mm um so the way he yeah it's 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 an interesting kind of um kind of depiction of kind of like a a a martin luther king jr malcolm Mm -hmm. x Mm uh they both want to take care of the scourge the the monsters um there are different philosophies on how to go about doing that and that's another again point of contention within the family um mm-hmm. they're also um experiencing these different forms in uh, of racism um in different geographical areas so this is you know, Mississippi, you have more of the lynchings. does that happen in other places? Yes. Does does is racism present in New York? Yes. But um mm-hmm. it's different depictions, right? Um, for the mm-hmm. story. So yeah, Ford is very no nonsense. Uh yeah. Um he is is hell bent to get out there and crush. Um so a different different take.
0: <laughs> yeah. Later on they he says uh something like I don't want to sedate them. I want to amputate uh, amputate them, decapitate, essentially. Yeah. He just wants them to just cut them yeah. off. He's done with them. Get
1: the monsters out. Enough is enough. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm so glad that he came in and saved this kid. And obviously, this kid was absolutely terrified. Um, and then at the same time that this story is happening, we we meet this... Back at uh, New York, where Berg and Colin are, this creepy bird demon-looking thing, which they think is a genu, uh, starts kind. Of, he starts attacking them, and and he knows or she knows. We find out later. So she she find, she says their names to them, and they're like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Ginu don't even talk with it. They don't talk. And as soon as they try to figure out what's happening or instigate further, this bird thing takes the purified humans that they've delivered from the woods essentially and just takes off after that
1: yeah the uh this uh bird monster definitely suspicious right (laughs) um because (laughs) yeah uh, they know the cousins and Mm -hmm. they are um attacking and killing white people you know they Mm -hmm. they actually killed the cops the white cops and Mm -hmm. um Typically, the target of a jinnu is to attack the black people. Um, so mm. what what's going on here? What's Going on? We don't know.
0: Ooh. I guess that is the first time that we see that, and that's when they really start turning their heads. I thought it was I thought that they thought that it was weird that he starts talking, but yeah, you make a good point. This is the first time. They're also uh, weirded out by the fact that they're just killing white people. That that genu specifically killed a white person. Mm -hmm. Ooh. And the story unfolds. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And so then the bird thing goes over to Dr. Sylvester, who we've met before, and we're kind of the odd couple that we were talking about. Um, And he says, did they see you? And she says, yes. And he says, good. This is good. I want them to know about us. And then the bird demon thing turns into Miss Miss Nightsdale, and do you want to explain why she brings the humans? Why she brings the humans to Doctor Sylvester? Uh, they are purified, soul cleansed humans.
1: Yeah, I th- you know they they have this curiosity about uh, the the conjure medicine and what it does. So mm-hmm. um, Miss Nightsdale um, and. Dr. Sylvester they this is when you see let me gather my cut please <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so Dr. Sylvester, Ms Knightsdale, uh, she comes back and we you realize okay that she she's the bird monster right And mm-hmm. they have this ability to kind of weave back and forth between, being a monster and a human Mm -hmm. and you see that they're trying to be able to control that Uh, you figure out that they like the use of power um, that this is something that they want to keep this is not something Mm -hmm. that they want to cure but they do want to have some kind of element of control over what they're going to do they Mm -hmm. are also tired of the bullshit so they Are kind of in a line with Ford right Mm -hmm. like um, you got the hint that uh, that they met in Tulsa in rubble Um, Mm -hmm. they are black folks um, living in America
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. and
1: and so they're trying to figure out what their response is going to be to all the the genu and the monsters and, and understanding the, the medicine and what the Sangre family is up to is mm-hmm. something that sparks their interest.
0: You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of X-Men when we've got uh, Dr. Xavier and Magneto. Yeah. Whereas Dr. X wants to save the world and the mutants and create harmony somehow and, and not kill anyone. Where Magneto is like, F them all. Let's just off all the humans. You know, and that's kind of like what's happening here. They're kind of like the, if there was a bad guy to this, no, they're not the bad guy. I shouldn't say that. The racists are the bad guys. Let's be honest. The racists are the bad guys, yeah. Yes, the very, very bad guys. But these guys are kind of, they've got a little dark magic going on. Let's say that.
1: I would say that, so there is no reason to be racist. Like that is just right. pure evil. Of course. But the course. what what you they they come up with a different word so they they are not genuine. You know, a black person mm-hmm. cannot be racist. It's mm-hmm. there's it's it's impossible because Those in order to be right. racist, yeah. you need to be um, privileged and have that power, right? So mm-hmm. white people can be racist. Um, mm. uh, other people can be you know, biased or um, you know, not always make excellent choices, but it's not it's right. not racism. And so, uh, the 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 monsters that they become have a different origin story. It's not like oh, we are racist, then we become monsters. Um, mm-hmm. They are coming from a place of extreme pain.
0: Right. And loss. Yes. yes. They I had
1: see. things yeah. done to them um, as as a community, as individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mm-hmm. inexcusable. And this is like, well, what happens to that pain? What happens right. to that rage? What does that make you? It doesn't make you a racist. It doesn't make you genuine. Um, So I, the word that they use is. Oh, yeah. Um. Oh, what do they refer to them as? I think it's in it, um inzando, inzando.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. They they introduce that when we meet uh, Uncle Enoch. He he has a word for that. That's the first time that we hear that word, and it's it. That's what's interesting is that because they they we certainly start to understand that GINU. Obviously, I mean you guys know by now, but you don't really know at first what it's about. It's people that oppress other people, racist. Um, that's what they turn into. They turn into demons because of hate and rage, and their souls are are just corrupt. Um, but this other type that Angela is talking about here is is the op- uh, excuse me the oppressed essentially, and they are feeling you know just really pent up, uh, passive anger. Excuse me, um, passion, passionate anger. There we go, and. It's interesting. It's this is definitely like it's it's a hard story to really dive into because you just feel so much sympathy for these guys. I mean, just to live in that world, to even just get an insight of what it's like to live in a world where you walk out your door and you can't even walk two steps without somebody being like, hey, you you're terrible for no reason. (laughs) But then other than the color of your skin, Um, of course, you're going to feel that some people are going to feel that way. Of course. Duh. And I'm so glad that they brought it up here because. people are like oh those guys are bad in the story it's like well no they're not they're just they're just a um they're just um a a result of what happens in in times like these and it's an honest emotion it's an honest human thing they're doing what they feel and in this one it's 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 anger it's it's pent-up anger yeah
1: you have the monsters you have the body horror and then on top of that you have this exploration of psychological trauma right Mm -hmm. in in a horror format so um on a surface level a human being you might see someone who's really angry right but you can't get to anger without Mm -hmm. base emotions going on it's like anger is the top of the iceberg and if you go beneath the surface the only way to get to anger is if you're also feeling more vulnerable emotions such as hurt Mm -hmm. pain Mm -hmm. fear um if if those mushier emotions are a lot harder and make you uh, to feel and make you feel more vulnerable, and that's why human beings, you know, sometimes then go to the anger because it makes you feel like you're in more control or that you have some sort of power, right? Sure. And so sure. um, these two folks have um, endured some deeply painful uh tragedies which you learn more about later on and this is the result of that. And so mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out what they're going to do next and how that's cool you know, how does this shape their worldview? How does this shape the their decisions?
0: Exactly. Exactly. It brilliantly said. Exactly. Um so when we met that angry demon bird that bird actually attacked Berg, our birdie, buddy Berg, and he is now infected and they can't figure out what's going on. Um, so at the top of just like issue three, we've got three big storylines here. And this is where they really start to play out and we get to see the effects of all these things that they've built up. First, uh, the police are trying to look for the killer's. Um, of the other police, which were the suspected genu, but now we know it has another term. Um, they're like, where are the killers? So they go into this Harlem club and start beating up all of these very innocent people for no reason. And we start to see their faces kind of change from like human to demon, human to demon. And that's when we really start to see like, oh man, no, this, is, this genu only affects racist people. And then on top of that, we're trying to figure out Berg's problem, who's now infected. He kind of turns into this like, hulk green kind of bloated um monster guy and the family's like all right let's strap him down he's he's bigger than all of them combined he's their their brute force like angela mentioned earlier um he's the muscle and so him as a monster is uh scary and then on top of that we've got ford who is at he goes to the okay so when the kkk were all killed there was one guy that was left and he was like you killed him in cold blood he was a white guy you killed him in cold blood he's like, oh." really? Because you were about to, to lynch this kid for no reason. Um, but he takes that kid. And I didn't really understand this part. He takes it to a, a guy's house that has a huge Confederate flag outside. And obviously he belongs to the to the KKK. And he starts turning into this like goblin uh, genu creature. And Ford is basically like, uh, uh-uh, and he kills him. So this is all happening at the same time within like two or three pages of issue three. It's so much
1: (laughs) yeah it's a very fast-paced issue and you I think it it's hard to to talk about but it makes more sense when you're turning the pages but essentially you're flipping between Harlem and Mississippi so you have these congruent storylines happening and you're going from one fight sequence into another fight sequence Um, so it's a very fast-paced issue
0: yeah. yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um and they're trying to figure out what's going on with berg and the serum that they've always used is not working on him and then and then we jump over to ford and ford finally lays out what a genu is he says a genu ain't nothing but a man with a corrupted soul a human turned devil and there mm-hmm. it is and then it's but then he says but this here was a devil pretending to be a man which is when we're like okay wait there are different kinds of devils can you explain that? I didn't quite understand that completely. It was like, he was, he was saying this here was a devil pretending to be a man. So is, is that mean that that person was already a devil? And <laughs> he you know, it's, and I'm sorry if that's a too hard of a question. It's, it's just so many layers. And I'm, I think I'm having difficulty like going through each and every bit of it here. So I'm trying not to be too, uh, you know, finely detailed, but like, there's just so much symbolism and metaphors here. It's, It's incredible and worth a first, second, third read. And I'm definitely going to jump back into it. But, yeah. Uh, It's thick. Let me
1: get to that area in the comic so that I can... I don't even want to guess because I would probably be wrong. Like, there's something that we're missing here, right? Like, there's something that I cannot piece together. But he just seems, like, outright god-awful from the get-go. Like, he didn't Mm -hmm. even need to turn into the genu before being particularly monstrous
0: got you uh, yeah that okay we'll start there i mean yeah that's it's a good assumption i don't know
1: if it would speak to um the different ways we or the different ways people encounter racism right sure. so there's sure. microaggressions um and then there is violence um so I don't I don't know if this maybe might be a different moment because he he was instantly referencing violence and instant and and using the Mm n-word and being profane but I'm not sure
0: no no that's all good that's what I'm saying like this just has so many freaking layers. It's a five-layer dip right here. It's There's so much going on. But just, it's awesome. And like, this this is, it makes me want to dive deeper into history and be like, all right, I'm not understanding something, so I need to do my research and figure out what he's actually saying, you know, because that's, there's a lot of important messages here. Um, so, yeah, no, I, that, totally all good. I'm going to give good. more no thought worries.
1: to your question, and then at some point, maybe I'll... I'll be able to figure it out.
0: (laughs) And then I'll be like, darn. (laughs) We'll do an insert audio from Angela in the future. And there we go. No, no, it's all good. You know what? I like that we're being honest here. We're like, hey, you know what? That's impactful, but I'm not 100% sure what it means. So the fact that we know that it means something means we just need to instigate further. That's that's all. That's all. Yeah, so, all right, so beyond that, then we got Dr. Sylvester, who is slowly becoming, um, and I, I have the word written down, forgive me, I'm just not finding it in my notes. Um, it's like an imboozle or something like that, but in it's Zondo. definitely notes. in my notes. Inzondo, there we go. Um, so Dr. Sylvester is becoming an Inzondo, and he wants to re- embrace what he is becoming, and so he is like, oh, wait, wait, like, wait, 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 oh my god, go, no, yes. no, no,
1: from, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're going to have to cut you're this. good. Go back. Who were you talking? To? Who turned into About me? Dr.
0: Sylvester. Okay. He wants to embrace what he's becoming. Definitely
1: cut that. Um, you were right. Yes. I was still <laughs> hung
0: up on the Confederate. <laughs> no, you're Sorry. good. No, I love it. I love it. You know what? It's, it's, no, I almost want to keep this in because that's like sometimes what a comic does to you. It's like you have to pick it apart yeah. and you have to be honest with how you're interpreting yeah. it. You know? No, it's all good. It's all good. Um, and then, so yeah, so we got all this stuff going on at the same time. The police are unjustly beating up these people in Harlem. And then the family, they think, you know what? We need to go, we need to go get Doc, um, excuse me, not Dr. Uncle Enoch, because he may be able to help them because they just can't get Berg back to who he was. Blink is like, F that guy. I know he's my uncle, but he lost my mom. We're not going to him. And Cullen's like, you know what? I'm going to go to him. Don't worry about it. Um, but anyway, and then on top of that, Ford, he starts thinking, you know what? These demons may be gatekeepers. It's just uh, we just got to find the gate. You know, where are they coming from? Um, and he also um, says that the Genos have been around forever since the beginning of this country. And then that obviously, you know, racism has been around since 1776. Um, but his family keeps them in check and cure- before 1776, since white I people. Say. Since white people <laughs> full stop yeah. boom. Golly, it's true. I hate that, but it's true.. Ugh. Um, so News, they've been around forever since the beginning of the country, since white people, but his family keeps them in check and cures them. That's that's we slowly get parts of this story, and he brings up uh, five years ago there were more Gnu than ever, which 1924 minus 5 is 1919, which is the Red Summer. Um, and during this the, during the summer, white supremacist terrorism and racial riots took place in more than three dozen cities across the United States, as well as in one rural county in Arkansas. Um, so that makes sense there. I had to look it up. I was like, 1924 minus 5. Oh, my lord. Mm-hmm. It was... Gosh, I just... You know, people that say, I want to go back in time to these times. And I'm like, I literally do not ever. I, I'm fine here in 2020. As as weird as it is and as, you know, as much as we're unfolding and re- revealing about the world and especially our country, like back then, God, people just didn't have. They had so many closed minds. It was awful. You know,
1: there's not uh, a lot of safe places in history for Black people, people of color, women, mm-hmm. queer people. <laughs> it's not a yeah. fun game. It's not a fun. Like,
0: mm, I wonder where, at what point in time, <laughs> I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go anywhere. <laughs> today is the most evolved day ever, <laughs> and today is a
1: little questionable too. Right?
0: Yes, you know, true. like you,
1: when you're like, reading this story, I mean, y- you're like, hmm, that looks like now, you know what I mean? Yes. Like these, these instances of uh, coming into you know, the, the, the police and um, the clashes there, or even the fact that the Sangare families are the ones who have, they're the ones who are addressing racism. Is it the mm-hmm. white people who are trying to cure themselves and who are putting a lot of time and effort into right. taking out the monsters? No. Like right. it the, it, it's on the backs of, um, of of black people of this particular family um mm-hmm. they see the threat and and mama Edda is like we gotta we gotta cure this and at some points in the story you even see some police officers knowing about the family and bringing jenny to them to have them mm-hmm. cured and it's just mm-hmm. like well what what are the white people doing you know <laughs> yeah. and you look around today and it's like how much of the burden who's who's shouldering the burden of right. who are the perpetrators Ugh. and who yeah. is sh- shouldering of the burden and trying to create the change it's the same mm-hmm. people of in, uh, in harlem renaissance it's the same people um in 1919 it's the same it, it's it, this yeah. story is very familiar because it's still a lived reality
0: yes exactly Ugh. But, you know, I'm glad that you brought this comic to my attention because I was looking for a comic like this. And this is exactly it. Like, it's you just want a little bit of history and some some racist demons. This is a comic for you. It's <laughs> a comic for you. Yes. Um, yes. So, OK, so Dr. Sylvester, he's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. He's starting to pull the heads off of these police demons. He's so big. He's just, just full of anger. Ma Etta, she's looking Berg in the eyes and she's going, look, I love you to pieces, but if you try to kill me, I will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Which I freaking love. I was like, get it, girl. <laughs> Mama Etta. Mama Etta. Um, And then we meet Uncle Enoch, who Colin goes and finds. He's got these... Um, there's this moment where Uncle Enoch and Cullen, they come into the scene and Uncle is on the, on the motorcycle and Cullen is in the side saddle, whatever you call it, like the side car. And then he's got these guard dogs and it's just these really, this really funny moment where they're just like, boom, what can we do? We're here, yeah. you know, I love that part. I love that part. Um and uh, yes, yeah, so and then we're introduced to Inzandu, um which other which is other ways for a soul to become corrupted and diseased where the soul is ravaged by great sorrow and pain. There it is officially. Um and then Maeda and just uh, there's havoc just everywhere mm-hmm. at this moment. Just everything's happening. Maeda starts beating up her own demons, you know, which was awesome. You didn't know she and, had um, it in her. You see, yeah she keeps telling blink you can't be out there fighting the demons and she's like bum bum and her hair like falls down in front of her face and it's just this like beautiful moment and you're like yes, yes.
1: get up. yeah you get, get you get to see her in her in her fullness right that yes. she has so many skills she's she's she is the true like skilled matriarch of the family she can do it all um yeah. and she knows it right mm-hmm. um but where she chooses to really um shine is do is as a condor woman and and that's her her choice and that's what she loves and that's the tradition she wants to pass along but if you mess yeah. with her she is coming <laughs> for you and she <laughs> will take you
0: out and she yes. can do it
1: yes yeah. don't mess with mama
0: etta Goodbye to you if you even try. Oh, yes. yes. Um, but then there's this other element that comes in that Ford brought up earlier about this, like, gateway, this portal that these demons are pouring, pouring out of. And so then we start getting a real paranormal element to it. Um, there's this void that just kind of appears out of thin air, and we just see these these demon creatures kind of reaching their hand out to us. And you don't see anything but just, like, this circle of void, and they're reaching out, and it's just chaos and then Cullen gets sucked into this void. And we see what's going on there. There's some some people in this void. And you're like, oh no, we've lost him forever. But there's this guy in a mask that carries him off. And we're like, ooh, here's, who is this mysterious person? Da-da-da-da. Um, and uh, so at this point, Dr. Sylvester's getting bigger and bigger and bigger with rage. Uh, the family starts to fight back. Uncle Enoch cures Berg with a serum. And then Berg just has this like... Uh, epiphany or psychic moment and he goes it is him he is here and he finally finally na- names him and this was a little bit confusing to me so I apologize but he calls him Bezelbub, and I believe that this Bezelbub is Dr. Sylvester just really pumped up with anger and anger and anger um, or is it a giant demon that I missed that came out of the void? You know, I'm not quite sure, but he finally puts a name to him. beelzebub Hmm. <laughs>
1: uh, good question. I, I was reading it as though it was Dr. Uh, Sylvester. Me too. I think okay. that's, that's kind of where his, his, his power and rage grew into that entity. Okay. And there is now this connection between Berg and Doctor Sylvester. Um, mm-hmm. We know that Berg was had been infected, right? And so he there's there are wounds, there's trauma, there's pain, and that that links him to others who are feeling the pain and who have experienced trauma so berg Mm -hmm. and dr sylvester are linked by some common trauma and he can
0: feel that yeah it's metaphor on top of metaphor on top of metaphor it's great um, and then okay, then here's the end, and it kind of gives it away, but it doesn't because it makes you want to read volume two. Uh, the guy that was in the mask before, he comes back through the portal with another person with a mask, with Cullen, who's older and bigger, probably as big as Berg. He's just like this big muscular guy now. Um, and they reveal that one of the gas the gas mask people is Blink's mom. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh my gosh, you didn't die. And then they're like, "What the? What the? What the?" And Colin's like, "We can explain everything, but right now, right now, we have to get ready. Hell is coming." Cut to black. (laughs) It just, insane, right? So good. So good. So good. I'm out of breath. (laughs) I don't know about you. Uh, yeah. But, you know, this story is hard to tell. Like, it's hard to, you know, and it's like America now. We're all coming to this reality that like, you know, even though we fought against uh, oppression of anyone, especially black people, we don't realize how much it still is in our society and how much we may be a part of it mm-hmm. and instigating it on accident, mm-hmm. total accident. And so it like it it makes you mad, and it makes you open your eyes. And but it's also just super scary at the same time that it this this stuff is is still happening in in little crevices or big crevices of America. Oh yeah, yeah. it's it's happening. Um, we see it all the time. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah. And it's interesting, you know the. The history of kind of studying um, black noir in film um, mm-hmm. or all of the Afrofuturism uh, prose novels and mm-hmm. what we're seeing um, right now with this, uh, with Lovecraft Country, with Get Out, yes. with oh, so um, these. The stories that are using genre, uh, specifically using horror, to explore these historical truths, the, the psychological trauma. Um, uh, HBO's The Watchmen, right?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you like um, those types of things, and I definitely would highly recommend Bitter Root um, mm-hmm. as as another example of you know speculative fiction that's exploring racism and uh Mm -hmm. and the black experience right um through black creators not um you know other people white people assuming or trying to guess or i mean this is coming through from from lived experience
0: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely um, I recommend this to anyone. And even though, I yeah, I recommend this to every single person listening. Please go pick up Bitter Root just to, just to understand an inkling of what it might be like um, for a black person in America. super important for perspective and just learning to understand humans and people and where they come from and having empathy for that. Uh, I loved this comic. And uh, even though this is very... Uh, a very serious topic and it's very deep and and very prevalent here in in society in America um I there was a really fun element to this as well with the the art and the characters were great there was so much thought and just thickness to this story I can't wait to read volume two I'm absolutely picking up volume two.
1: Oh, good because then we can continue our conversation about
0: <laughs> let's do it yes um,
1: the trade paperback is coming out soon I don't know the date off okay. off the top of my head um okay. but I know that it is soon approaching so for um anyone who has a pool you can um toss that on there or maybe it'll even be out by October I don't know but um hmm. as I alluded to earlier in the episode. Um, There is a one shot uh, that is a must to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it came out actually after issue five, but um, mm-hmm. it didn't make it into this trade. And I don't know. Oh. Uh, a lot of times they put one shots into two trades. So maybe, maybe, maybe it'll oh. be in the second trade. Um, okay. But if it's not, then I would be really bummed for you all. Uh, so look up a bitterroot red summer special. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, it's
0: red summer special. Yeah,
1: it's kind of like a a, a double issue in one. So uh, you know the the price tag is a couple bucks more. um okay. but uh, but please read it and then and then. Tell Tess what you think, and then she'll yes. tell me, <laughs> um, and we can all nerd together. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, because uh, if you if you read volume one, and you're like, oh, now I want to go down this rabbit hole of of googling and looking up all these other things, um, this mm-hmm. will give you more insight, more to Google, and then you're getting these really super intimate and vulnerable moments with some of your favorite characters that just like i'm 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 gripping my chest right now i'm feeling it in my heart so um do pick up red summer special
0: red summer special and then we'll keep our fingers
1: crossed that that it comes out in the volume two trade because it is such a treat
0: yes oh man well great thank you for introducing me wow can't even talk thank you for introducing i said it right the first time thank you for introducing me to this comic i appreciate it so much and i'm so glad that you could be on here finally thanks
1: for (laughs) thanks for having me um yeah
0: i survived my first podcast You did yeah. great. You did great. Oh, you. Good. <laughs> Especially about something that you love, which is comics. I'd love to dive into other ones that you love as well, because I know I've got you on the phone a few times, and you love comics. I, you, you've- I know. It, and it made me a little bit nervous about coming
1: onto a podcast, because I feel like all this nervous energy and excitement and passion about comics, but I don't know mm-hmm. um, how to sound like a person (laughs) like like I just spew and it's very overwhelming (laughs) so this is the place to spew girl this is
0: it this is your outlet right here
1: when it comes to comics I'm just always internally screaming and so it doesn't always come out in a way where uh, you know there are sentences that I can offer others
0: (laughs) yeah and I know you personally and so you're, you're you've always been a very like high energy excitable person and you express it through that as well you probably jump around you're like this comic this comic I think when I try to
1: um to speak to folks who aren't into comics it's just um like it scares them or bores them or you know like they start to inch away and be like oh okay (laughs) you know have a good day or maybe it's like um me speaking in like wingdings font and they just
0: don't know what I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. I love that wing ding yeah. spot. That's the, the, the comic book language. So but if they just knew how cool comics were, man,
1: they're maybe so they'd cool. Understand. They are I really know. cool. Whether you know whether it's uh, whether it's capes and cowl's or historical uh, you know, fiction or um, there's just so many avenues that you can take within the comic book medium. Um, Mm -hmm. it's super exciting, you know, you have cotton candy fluff stuff and then you have uh, really deep stuff and it's hard to talk about bitter root because there's this temptation to really go deep and go heady and, and I am, you know, I love history and, and I'm fairly nerdy so I will take that journey. (laughs) If, if you, if you, all you wanted was a, um, like a gory, spooky story you could also get that from this book um i would feel bad that you didn't you know dive into the riches you know like a a scrooge mcduck just going straight into the (laughs) coins um but uh it you can you can enjoy it on a simpler level too and if you if you like this kind of book um then i would definitely recommend things like um Bitch Planet, which I know, Tess, yes. that, oh, that yes. you've read by one of my favorite writers, uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick, which is, like, mm-hmm. you know, a super feminist portrayal of, of like, ex, uh, um, it's, like, explore uh, uh, exploitation film genre stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, And you can see uh, some of the commonality between Bitter Root and, and – um, Bitch Planet. And the back matter of wow. Bitch Planet is actually amazing too. Um, there's also this comic uh, that's called Infidel, which is a horror comic and is also a story about what racism and trauma can turn people into and Ooh. and what happens there i think it might even be on hoopla i know you can Ooh. definitely get it at a comic book store i know you can get it on comiXology and i believe that it was optioned so maybe one day we'll see it in a movie or tv form oh also Ooh. um ryan yes. coogler got bitter root so that was also optioned uh what? yeah <gasps> yeah heck yes heck yes yes this would be a great movie. Are you kidding me? Yeah, this would right. Be a great movie. Right? Oh. Or even like what HBO is doing, where you get like hours worth of like deep storytelling. Like, I love a movie. I love a movie, but it's like two hours. Yeah. And I, you know, TV just, you can go so deep and do so much with it. And a story like this, I mean, these guys could go for years on end telling the stories of these characters sure um so many spinoffs so many so many um yeah so thanks for having me here
0: (laughs) oh you (laughs) will let me share my passion i was just gonna say thank you for sharing your passion i truly appreciate it and i hope that you feel welcome to come back because you because you are girl Uh, uh, well
1: (laughs) yeah name the name the time name the place and uh (laughs) and i will i'll be there
0: oh perfect 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 well, all right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. Tune in tomorrow for day 20 of 31 Days of Horror. Say bye, Angela. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Toodles. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast, 31 Days of Horror. If you like what you're hearing, please follow OCD on any of your favorite podcatchers. Take it a step further and leave a five-star Apple Podcasts review. <laughs> that really helps me out. Thank you. You can follow OCD on Instagram at OCD Podcast or facebook.com slash OCD podcast. Tune in tomorrow as I review another horror Halloween comic.